Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Did you know between the time that Jesus died on the cross and was resurrected from the dead, he visited three compartments that were into the earth? We're going to talk about those three compartments today, and I call this three days that changed everything. Let's go to the Word of God. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello again and welcome to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Great to have you here today. You want to open up to Luke chapter 16. That's where we're going to be speaking today on three days that changed everything. We'll talk about the time between Jesus' death and when Jesus was raised from the dead, those three days and three nights, and what went on during that time. The Bible isn't really specific. It just mentions some things that happen, and we kind of have to fill in the blank from other scriptures to find out what it says, but we'll do our best to do that today. And again, thank you for joining me. Me. And this is actually a teaching I have on our redemption, and this will be available to you. And you can order this. In fact, at halftime, they'll come and tell you how you can have a copy of this. And so you can listen to it in the car, listen to it, you know, wherever, and then just be blessed by it. Make your own notes off of it. And the good thing about this, I know there's times I speak fast. You can stop me. A miracle. You can stop me and so that you can make notes and, and then come back later and pick up right where you left off. So, oh, the miracle of modern science. And again, this will be available. So the announcer will tell you then. I have a praise report. This one comes from Chandra. And she says, I love your heart. You teach in a way that is calming and easy to take in. I hope I don't put you to sleep is what you're saying. And I don't believe I do. But again, thank you for this. And so she says, thank you for your faithfulness, your love for others and your kind heart. So, well. I didn't even pay you for that, but thank you so much. And uh, what a blessing. So if you have any, if you like to just send in something, tell us, you know, I have a, a web address on there and you, there's a, a, you can send it in on, you know, on your email and uh, just let us know again, how much the broadcast is meant to you. And so again, I look forward to it. And for those of you that are partners too, I mean, I don't, I don't hear from you a lot, except when you send in checks. And again, I appreciate that. But you know what? It's nice to know how that you became a partner. Was it something that I said uh, that just, changed your life or a scripture that suddenly came in a revelation of it. I'd like to know that. So if you're a partner, why don't you write that in and tell me what a great blessing the broadcast has been. And again, what it means to you, what specific things it is that has helped change your uh, life, your ministry, if you are in the ministry. And again, thank you so much. If you'd like to become a partner with us, go to my website, bobyandian.com. You'll find a place on there where you can become a partner with me and join those hundreds and hundreds that are joining with me. And really, we start out as as partners in the heart. It's not something that just happens, comes over, and you start writing a check. No, there's partners in the heart where suddenly I say something, you go, I like this guy. I like the way he says it. I like the understanding that comes from it. And I want to join myself to this person. That doesn't happen to everybody. There's some people say, well, I like you, but you know, I prefer so-and-so over here better. Well, that's fine. But again, if, you, if you've linked up in the heart, then why don't you just link up also with your prayer and finances on a monthly basis? And again, that'll be a great blessing. Go to bobyandian.com and get on my website there on the face page. You will find a place where you can become a partner with me. Luke chapter 16. 
And uh, this is a story that Jesus told, and uh, we're going to talk about the three compartments under the earth that are here. And one of them is already empty. In fact, Jesus emptied one of them and took them to heaven. This is the compartment right here. He did so. And in this particular story, we have the place here under the earth where believers went before the time that Jesus Christ arose from the dead. This is called paradise. And it's mentioned in the Old Testament, mentioned in the New Testament. In fact, really, paradise was not only just the name of the compartment, it was the name of the the place. And so the place transferred, the compartment's empty, but the place transferred to heaven. And now even heaven, according to some of the writers of the New Testament, and Paul specifically, Paul said that one time uh, we assumed he died, or he was just suddenly taken into heaven and his spirit was taken up and he just went into a catatonic stage or something here. But he was taken up into heaven. He said, I went into the third heaven into paradise. Interesting, he saw the transfer of the people up there as the transfer of paradise into the third heaven, the place where God abides. This is the story uh, of Lazarus and, and here it is again. And it says in Luke chapter 16, verses 19 through 26, there was a certain rich man who dressed in purple and fine linen and dined extravagantly every day. And there was a beggar named Lazarus who was laid at his gate full of sores and desires to be fed with the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. It came to pass the beggar died and was carried by angels to Abraham's bosom. This is another name for it. And so in Abraham's bosom, another place here for paradise, uh, the rich man also died and was buried next sentence. And in hell, he lift up his eyes. Notice two places, Abraham's bosom and hell. Hell is the place where sinners go and did at that time too throughout the Old Testament. When sinners die, they go to a place called hell. It's a place called hell for torments. And we're told in the New Testament, the torment that is there and they're tormented for the fact that they rejected the Lord as their savior. Abraham's bosom, where people went in the Old Testament when they died, is a place that is empty today. It was only, it's like a, it's like the waiting room for heaven. Hell is like the waiting room for the lake of fire. And one day hell will be emptied too. And so again, that the uh, rich man also died and was buried, verse 22. And in verse 23, in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torment and saw Abraham far away and Lazarus beside him. And he cried out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I'm tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, son, remember, you in your lifetime received good things. And at the same time, Lazarus received evil things, but now he is in comfort and you are tormented. Beside this, between you and us is a great permanent gulf so that whoever wishes to pass from here to there, you cannot and neither can they pass to us. In paradise, which is Abraham's bosom, again, it was a place where Old Testament saints went to. And uh, paradise was still being used in the time when Jesus went to the cross. Anybody that died that was a believer in the Lord went to a place called paradise or Abraham's bosom. And now that is empty. When Jesus Christ arose from the dead, we are told in the word of God that he ascended up on high and he led captivity captive. We'll quote that verse here in just a moment, tell you where it's located. But again, it's empty today. It was only there until Jesus became the first begotten from the dead. They couldn't go to heaven until Jesus was born again. 
and he was born again after he rose from the dead and then going into heaven, all those saints that were down there could now go to heaven because at that time they could receive their new birth. Until the time Jesus was born again, he's called the firstborn or the first begotten from the dead. And so until that time, then they could become the thousandth, hundred and ten thousandth, whatever, uh, and go to heaven at that time. And the doors were opened up and paradise today is empty. Abraham's bosom, no one is there. They're all in heaven right now. And so if you go to heaven now, you could see uh, Moses, you could see Elijah, you could see a number of people up there in heaven that you would know about. In fact, we're told in Hebrews chapter 12 that in heaven, you can now see the spirits of just men made perfect. And so they are just men from the time that they were saved on the earth, but now they've been made perfect. They're in heaven, that's their spirits. And one day they will even have a resurrection body. So will we, just like the Lord Jesus Christ. So again, paradise was the place for Old Testament saints. And once the Old Testament ended, and the New Testament began and Jesus arose into heaven. Then Jesus took them with him at that time. But just before he did, and he died on the cross, it's interesting, one of the last things he said was to the thief on the cross that accepted him. Remember, there were two thieves, one on the right and one on the left. One of them rejected him, one of them accepted him. And in Luke 23 and verse 42, Jesus said to him, today, you'll be with me in paradise. Notice not heaven, he said, you'll be with me in paradise. This thief on the cross was there for about four days. That's it. You know, the day that Jesus died and the three days after that, he probably had one of the shortest stints in paradise of all. Jesus took Old Testament saints from paradise at his resurrection. Three days after he died, three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, Jesus arose from the dead. And then after that, 40 days later, he was resurrected and taken into heaven. And that's when he took Old Testament saints to heaven with him. It's interesting when Jesus arose into heaven at his resurrection and the Old Testament saints with him, there were some that on the way up got their old bodies back and visited other saints in Jerusalem. Now, some of you look at me like, what are are you talking about? Matthew chapter 27, verse 52 and verse 53 says that many who had died came back and walked into Jerusalem and told and spoke about what had happened. So can you imagine that to be there and talking about what if you're in Jerusalem playing checkers with somebody and you start talking about Jim? Remember Jim? Yeah, he was a good guy. Uh, how long has he been dead now? He's been dead about seven years. Remember how what a great checker player was and suddenly through the door, here comes Jim walking in telling you what just happened in the heart of the earth. He's been dead for seven years. His body rotted, but apparently he got his old body back enough to where he looks great. And then he walked in, but a little bit later, he died again. Nobody before Jesus, who ever came back from the dead, remained back from the dead. They came back for a while. There was two stories in the Old Testament of young boys, one that Elijah raised from the dead, one that Elisha raised from the dead. We have stories of Jesus in the New Testament, Lazarus that was raised from the dead. And uh, again, uh, the brother of Mary and Martha, we have this story that Jesus told here. But again, anybody that came back from the dead, including these men, it doesn't say how many, it just says a number of them, arose from the dead, came back and got their old bodies back, came and visited the saints there. And we know they had to die again later and go into heaven, but they were just there as a sign to let people know what had just happened and a verification. And so paradise was transferred to heaven at Jesus' ascension. And this is the verse I've been telling you about Ephesians chapter four and verse eight. It says, when he, Jesus, ascended up on high, this is his ascension. He's standing on the Mount of Olives. And when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive. And so when he led captivity captive, this is those who had died, were believers in the Old Testament, had been held captive under the earth, and now free from that place 
called paradise and were taken to heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ. There's another compartment under the earth and we just read about that called hell. The first compartment again is paradise, Abraham's bosom. This one is called hell. It's the place and destination for all since Adam throughout the Old Testament and for us today, those who don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You can scratch that word us because I'm not part of it. But the point of it is, is that those that don't know Jesus can't go to to paradise. They can't go to heaven today. Again, like at all times they go to hell, but hell itself is a place, a waiting place for the, for the lake of fire. And so one day hell will be emptied. They'll all that are in there stand before the great white throne judgment. And after that, they'll be banished to the lake of fire. And the reason why they're in hell today and will eventually end up in the lake of fire, it says in Revelation that those names not found written in the book of life were cast into the lake of fire. So the only reason they're there is rejecting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Can you see why it's so important that we fulfill what God's asked us to do? And that's tell people, about Jesus Christ. The Great Commission is the only thing that causes angels to rejoice in heaven because every soul that is born again is eternal. I mean, there's things we can do down here that are great in line with God's word. Even a healing is just temporary. It's for here's why you're here down here. Blessings uh, for finances. God has blessed us with finances, but whatever you get, the best thing to do is put it into the gospel. Why? Because it will help to bring about eternal things. And that's why angels don't rejoice over a sick person getting healed. We do. They don't rejoice over finances coming through the mail. We do, but they rejoice over one sinner that repents. This is our message. This is is our calling to keep people from going to hell and eventually the lake of fire. I'll see you right after halftime. In chapter 9, verse 2, Job asked the question, but how can a man be righteous with God? On our own, not one of us can ever approach God. A sinful human cannot be joined to a righteous God. A mediator must come in between and draw the two together. The cross of Jesus is where God and man meet. The only thing that can unite man with God is the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. Our Redemption is an in-depth seven-part study on the redemptive work of Jesus Christ by Pastor Bob Yandian. Message titles include The God-Man, Son of the Living God, The Character of God, The Virgin Birth, Jesus, Our Scapegoat, The Heart of the Earth, and Reconciled to God. To order Our Redemption, visit our website at bobyendian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Using straightforward vocabulary and down-to-earth examples, Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts, essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. 
Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. We talk about a compartment under the earth that is now empty, and that is Abraham's bosom, or called paradise. And we're now talking about hell. This is a place where unbelievers go and have since the time of Adam and are still going there today. And hell will be populated all the way through the millennium as people die that don't receive Jesus. They'll go to hell and one day hell will be emptied at the end of the millennium at the time of the great white throne judgment in heaven. And the great white throne judgment is not for any believer. No believer will be there standing with it. We might observe from a distance, but I can simply tell you, it's first of all for all people that rejected Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior from the time of Adam to the time of the end of the millennial reign of Jesus Christ, which could be about a thousand and seven years from today, but at least more than that. All right. So again, this is why those will be standing there. Also, Satan and all the demons, the fallen angels will be there, Antichrist, the false prophet, the beast, all these things, all religions will be there, everything that turned people against Jesus Christ. At that time, uh, as all of them are condemned, they will all be sentenced to the lake of fire forever and forever. Where it is, I don't know. Uh, most scholars believe it's gotta be probably the farthest in from the universe, as far away from heaven itself as possible. And so again, it will be eternal torment forever and forever. It's worse than hell. Hell again is bad, but the lake of fire will be worse and it lasts forever. So I'm glad I'm not going there. And listen, if you're watching this broadcast and you've never accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you might say, oh, how could a loving God do that? Listen, a loving God made an option for you. A loving God designed heaven for you. A loving God designed eternal life in this life. If you'll just make a choice to get out of what uh, Adam did to you, what the condition you're in, you're born in is what Adam did for you. You're born separated from God because Adam separated from God. You're born from Adam. All people came from Adam and Eve, all right? And they're born in the same condition. His spiritual death passed on to you. And the nature of the flesh passed on to you. And so you were born separated from God. But God has given you an option, but he will not force it on you. So about the time you say, well, how can God do this to us? He has given you an option first to accept Jesus Christ. And let me tell you how simple it is. If you'll believe in your heart, that Jesus Christ is Lord, he is the son of God, and then confess with your mouth that he is your savior and your Lord, the Lord of your life, you will be saved. That's how simple it is. It doesn't mean that you do it in a church, in front of a television set, or beside you know somebody standing on a street corner. You can do it even in private. You know how to do it. I've told you the simplicity of it. This is Romans chapter 10, verses nine and 10, and you will not go to hell when you die, and you will not go to, to the lake of fire ever. You'll go to heaven and remain there, and then God leaves you on this earth to grow in him and to gain rewards for what you do down here. And the greatest rewards that you could possibly get is leading someone else to the Lord Jesus Christ. There's even a soul winner's crown in heaven for those leading other people to the Lord Jesus Christ. The last thing we were talking about was hell itself. 
And we talked about the fact that Jesus, again, he went to paradise and ministered to them there. He also came to hell and uh, preached there. And he probably preached to the demons and Satan himself. And hell is the destination again for all unbelievers since Adam. Jesus warned more about hell than he did going to heaven. Hell is still filling, but will empty one day. And that's the day it will be emptied. All that are in in hell will stand before the great white throne judgment, be judged for one thing, rejecting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, then go to a worse place, which is the lake of fire. And God did not make it for them. He made it for Satan and his angels, his followers, but there's no place else to put them. Since they sided in with Satan in life, then they're going to be with Satan throughout all of eternity. The third place, and I've saved this for last, is a place Jesus went and preached in this place also. And it's a place where fallen angels are. This is a place called Tartarus. It's found in First and Second Peter. It's mentioned there. In fact, the name is mentioned there. Tartarus, but it happened to angels that fell. A third of the angels fell with Lucifer and they are bound down there and will be there. And some will be released during the time of the tribulation to roam the earth and they will be terrible. In fact, they never change. And just like Satan never changes. I was in a church one time in Colorado and a, a mother came to me with her little daughter right beside her and her daughter was crying. And she said, can you pray for my daughter or at least help her? And I said, what is he? She said, she prays every day for the devil. She prays for him to be saved. She's so concerned after hearing these terrible things about him from the Bible, she wants him to be saved. And she said, I can't seem to convince her. And I don't know. So I just put my arms around her and said, honey, let me tell you something. The reason why the Bible tells you all these things about Satan all the way down the road, all the way down to finding when he's cast in the lake of fire is that every option he has until that time, he turns it down. He never, ever comes to the Lord and says, I was wrong. I said, the reason why God put that in there to let you know what's going to happen for the next hundred years, thousand years, whatever, until the time that he's thrown into the lake of fire is to let you know he will not change. I said, it's in what he's simply telling you, it's useless to pray for him because he will not change. And you know what? Why don't you take your, your, you know, your love and why don't you take your sympathy and why don't you take all this grace you're having for him and direct it to people who still have an option. And even though Satan has an option, we are told ahead of time, he will not receive the Lord. He's going to fight him down to the last toenail. I mean, down at the end of the millennium, you would think after being in hell for a thousand years and watching a perfect environment, Jesus Christ ruling on the earth, he's going to be released for a season along with some of these fallen angels. And he's going to find, have one last rebellion against Jesus trying to prove one more time, I think I can destroy you and take you over. It seemed like the guy would learn after a while, but he just doesn't do it. First Peter chapter three, verses 18 through 20 says this, for Christ also suffered once for sins. The just, that's Jesus for the unjust, that's us. That he might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. And that's in his spirit by which in his spirit, he went and preached now, the word for preach is not the normal word for preach, it's the word keruso, and it means to proclaim. He made a proclamation to the spirits in prison, which at one time were disobedient. These are the fallen angels 
These are the angels that rebelled, the ones that the one third of the angels rebelled and fell with Lucifer. And they were on the earth for a while uh, before they were finally thrown into Tartarus and they were disobedient. What was their sin? The sin that they are guilty of is found in chapter six of the book of Genesis. This is highly controversial, but I can't get away from it. Whenever I look at the Hebrew, whenever I look at the context and I look at this verse of scripture, it literally came to pass. Angels have the ability to take on a human body. They can disappear from it, but the body looks like a human being. In fact, you remember the the elect angels that came at the time of, of Abraham and they went into Sodom and there when they were in the Sodom and the men wanted them, these homosexuals wanted them because they came and they had the appearance of a human being. They didn't look like angels. They look like intelligent, wonderful looking, very handsome men. And so that's what they did. But they came to earth for a while just before the flood and it happened again after the flood. And when they came here, they had sex with women and produced giants in the earth. It's all found. I know some of you are looking at me like, what planet did you land from? Go look at Genesis chapter six. Go grab some, some good side notes on that. I highly recommend that you go and take the finest Dake Bible and look at his notes. It's incredible the way he lays it out. Another book called Earth's Earliest Ages by a man named Pember. Great book. And again, fundamentalists, these guys are not wackos off in some corner somewhere. These guys understand the word of God and are strong in the word of God, I recommend that you get it. And it says they were at one time disobedient. They actually caused the giants. The giants were killed at the time of the flood when the flood came and killed everybody except Noah and his family. But it says in chapter six that they did this again after the flood before they were uh, sent to this place called Tartarus. And they've been left there chained all this time. So what we come back to again here is when they were chained down there, they had an opportunity between the time the flood was over to do this again. And the earth was populated with these big, tall giants. And they're described again in uh, the Old Testament books. Uh, Deuteronomy, uh, Joshua describes some of them. Judges describes them. And so the, the fate of the children of Israel was to go kill them. God said, kill them. And the thing is, they didn't kill them all. But David was the one that killed the final ones. And so until that time, again, there were giants in the world and there's all kinds of teaching day on giants. They're still thinking giants are alive on the earth. But again, since those angels have been bound there, there's no way these angels could produce giants again. And so again, we find bones of them, things like that. But again, I'm not into that. You know, that's not the major thing. This is the first thing probably some of you've ever heard about it or you've heard me teach about it. The point of it is it is not a major doctrinal issue with us today, but it did occur. And so 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 4 tells us the same thing. If God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell, and the Greek word is Tartarus. That's the name of the place. So we have the place, paradise, then we have hell. Now we have Tartarus where fallen angels were, committing them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment, and the judgment they will stand before God will be at the great white throne judgment. These are fallen angels. And Jesus made a proclamation there, and the proclamation had to be this. These are the third of the angels that fell with Lucifer. And God probably told him on that day, and Jesus Christ told him on that day back there, there's going to be a day. I'm going to told you I was right. You think you're right right now? I'm going to come to you and tell you that. And in his resurrection, on his way to go up and take on a, a resurrected body, he went to Tartarus and said, there he made a proclamation 
First Peter chapter three and verse 19, he preached to the spirits in prison. He made a proclamation to them. And the best I have read on that from a few authors is this. He probably told them, I told you back there, I would tell you one day you were wrong and I was right and this is it. So Tartarus will be emptied one day and that will be the day again when all those from hell and those from Tartarus stand before the great white throne judgment. So What's going to happen one day is paradise will have been emptied at Jesus' resurrection when the earth goes into the new heaven and the new earth. And hell and Tartarus will be the last one emptied and the final destination for Satan, fallen angels, and all unbelievers from all times will be the lake of fire forever. Revelation chapter 20, verses nine through 15. The earth will be renovated for saints from all time periods. Revelation 21, verses one through five. And again, we come back to it that the greatest display of God's power ever was not in the in the uh, healing of people. The greatest display of God's power was the day when Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. And we're told when he was raised from the dead that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead and set at the right hand of the Father in heaven. The Bible says in, the, in Isaiah 53, who has believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed. The great strength of God's arm was put to the test when Jesus Christ was raised from the dead because all hell came against him. But God defeated Satan on that day. And the Bible says he spoiled principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. And today we stand on this side where Jesus Christ has conquered Satan and we can receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Again, I mention it. If you've never accepted Jesus, open your heart right now and say, Jesus, I've messed up my life, but I want to receive you as my Lord and Savior. If you pray that prayer, would you contact me? I'd love to hear about it. I'll see you tomorrow. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.